My boss says only smokers get breaks at work. So I became a smoker. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. So I wanted to talk about the problem of people taking smoke breaks during the workday. Basically at my job, on average, the smokers take about 5 to 10 minutes or 5 to 15 minute smoke breaks, all paid since they don't clock out. The non-smokers, which are surprisingly in the minority, 7 out of the 25, including me, ask to take a break when the smokers do. The manager says that they're only for smokers, and if everyone went on them then there would be too much of a lack in productivity and we would fall behind. As anyone can realize, that's total BS. So I went online to Amazon and bought all of the non-smokers herbal smokes that are tobacco, nicotine, and additive free. Basically, just a cigarette filled with tea leaves. And we started going on smoke breaks, but hanging out in our own corner to avoid the second hand. The manager comes out and starts yelling, asking what we're doing, and that he thought we didn't smoke and we should be working. To which we kindly pointed out that we had all decided to start smoking and that, well, we were smoking along with everyone else there. This lasted four days before the manager set limits to how many and how long smoke breaks are, and started to let the non-smokers take the same breaks too. Also, I'm not sure about the health effects of herbal smokes, but considering we just lit the ends on fire then stood around the wall like some guys outside a club from the 80s, I think we were fine. It does seem only fair that the non-smokers should get small paid breaks as well. 5 to 10 minutes isn't a big thing, and it can really help you reset your internal clock and come back with a little more productivity. And if your argument is you can't have everyone going at once, then yeah, you just cycle how many people are going at a time. It feels like this was a really easy solution that could have been avoided by management. My company got bought out and they fired everyone, but they did it before they changed a few key things. I had worked at a small-end rural internet company for nearly six years. It was family-owned and they paid us all really well for the work that we did. Barely anyone ever left the company. In my position, I was head of sales and I controlled all software that was associated to clients. This had everything in it including billing addresses, service addresses, and leads for new clients. It was an outdated program for sure, but it got the job done and it worked for us. Fast forward time and we're still doing our regular jobs, when there was an unscheduled meeting thrown at us. We walked in and there were several new faces sitting on the other end of the table. They announced that they had sold the company to XYZ. XYZ seemed like an okay place to continue working because they too were local and the team seemed nice. I was told everything is business as usual and to not do anything different. The transition took place and every so often, someone from the new company would come to me and ask how we would do things and get a better feel for it. I could tell they were trying to weed us out, so I went balls to the wall with renewals on old accounts. They announced to me that I needed to go to the HR department around closing time. Having anticipated this, I saved all of my commission files and emailed them to myself. I went to the office and they laid me off on the spot because they do not pay commission to their staff. I said okay and that I plan on them still paying me commission for the time I was there as they had not discussed anything pay related with me yet. She said again we do not pay commission. I emailed my commission statement to the manager I was working with and basically was told the same thing. Fast forward to the next week when they realized they no longer had the credentials to get into our system, and they called to ask for the information. I let them know that I would be happy to 
do that when I come up there to get my check for commission. I didn't hear anything the next day, and then I get a call that my commission check is in the office. I went up there, grabbed the biggest commission check I had ever made, and gave them the credentials. Never tell someone business as usual when you do not intend on things being business as usual. Yeah, I feel like this is a classic IT thing, right? Where the IT guy gets let go, but he was the only one with the answers to the problems they're having, and all of a sudden they need him back. In this case, we had an employee who was being denied their commission check. And I understand with the new company that this is the way they work and that they don't pay commission. But you had not reworked anyone's pay at that point. You had taken over the company and said it will continue as usual. That means that you will pay them as usual. Now you're firing them because you don't want to have to pay commission. Okay, that's fine. But you still have to pay out what they had worked for. I feel like there would be a legal obligation there. If there's any lawyers in the house, let me know in the comments below on this one. Our wedding photographer got really sketchy after we left him a three-star review. So this all still doesn't feel real. I had a full panic attack over it and I'm still freaking out. We hired a photographer for our engagement and wedding photos. And after we got our engagement photos, realized he wasn't a good fit. We didn't like the photos, he was cagey and uncomfortable, and frequently missed meetings. He said he wouldn't give us any refund for the wedding portion of the deposit close to $3,000. Despite it being over a year away and us offering to help transfer our date to a new couple, he was honestly pretty aggressive with me specifically despite both me and my fiance talking to him. We agreed that we could move forward with him and look at possible solutions. A month later, he emailed saying he had found another couple for our date and wanted to know if we wanted to cancel. We asked if he'd refund us and he still said no, despite the new client. Finally, he agreed to give back a few hundred. We left some reviews about our mixed experience, left three out of five stars. We're exceedingly kind about all the parts that he did well, nice lighting and things like that. But we're honest about his lack of communication and him asking to hire a new client without refunding us. A few minutes later, I get harassing emails and texts demanding I take down the reviews claiming I'm ruining his family and things like that. We told him the reviews were honest, and if he felt we'd been unfair, we would edit the reviews. No response. 30 minutes later, we're in a random town getting lunch. Two hours from where we live. Three states from where he is. I hear him call my name. He's somehow in this random town, and runs down me and my fiancé. He starts threatening us, saying we had no right to leave the contract. Not true. He left, and also we can leave up to 120 days from the wedding. He threatens to sue and starts yelling in the middle of a crowded plaza. I'm honestly very afraid at this point and just keep trying to escape and walk away. He gets in his car and follows us, saying we'll hear from his lawyers. I felt like I was living in a fever dream. He has no legal grounds, but that was still wild. I always felt he had bad vibes. If you get bad vibes from a wedding vendor, run away. Yeah, that's one heck of a sketchy situation. It's hard to know how to react in a moment like that. A review is supposed to be something that's, you know, impersonal. And when someone comes to your face and wants to hold you accountable for it, it can get really awkward. And in this case, potentially dangerous. If this guy was just a little more unstable, who knows? It could have gotten violent. As it is, he seems like he managed to contain himself from that at least. I do understand how a bad review can affect a small business, but that's why it's on you to give the best service you possibly can. If you don't want a bad review, don't give them any reason to give you one. 
When you conduct your business the way you did, you're bound to get something like this eventually. It sounds like it was just an honest review, not a bad one. Taking it to this next level is just excessive. Entitled mother gets upset that I won't let her brats put their hands in my food. My husband and I went out for a quiet dinner on Saturday night. We were sitting at our table when two women with three kids sat at a table near us. Two of the kids, boys, looked around four or five, while the older girl looked around 12 and was in her phone most of the time. The other two soon started running rampant in the restaurant, while their mothers sipped cocktails unbothered. One of the boys approaches our table with his hands out, and I can tell he's going to try and touch my food. I lift up my plate and say, no, please don't touch it. The kid just laughs at me and leaves to run another lap of the room. I see his mothers watch this happening, but pretending to not be aware. My husband is not looking too pleased at this point because he predicts a repeat, and that's exactly what happens. The kid tries his food and he does the same as I did. The kid then turns to my plate again, and this time I swatted his hand away, lightly and not at all forcefully. The kid starts crying because I wouldn't let him touch my food. Suddenly, the entitled mother is all concerned. That was so mean. He's not doing anything wrong. Excuse me, but I don't want anyone else's hands in my food. He's just a kid. It's not a big deal. He's not mine, thank you. So I'm not interested in having him touch my food. Please mind your children. At this point, she's about to say something more, but the server tactfully brought their food and engaged them in conversation. Entitled mother and the other lady kept looking daggers at us all night long. Whatever, you jerks. Yeah, people really do need to learn to mind their kids in a public situation. Yes, they're kids. Yes, they're going to be a little rowdy. But guess what? Your parents. It's your job to try and contain that. And not let your children just run around being a nuisance to everyone else around you. I don't understand how you can sit there almost completely ignoring what's happening and not feel any responsibility. Step up as a parent. I straight up told my sister that she's the reason our parents are divorcing. I'm a 24-year-old male. About a month ago, my parents, 55-year-old female and 57-year-old male, announced they were getting a divorce. This has been quite a shock to most people as they seem to not be having any issues out of the ordinary. However, I have been the one privy to the information of why they're divorcing. It's because of my sister Anne, 26-year-old female. Anne is a deadbeat. She's never worked more than 14 hours a week since getting expelled from college for multiple acts of cheating and code of conduct violations. Five years ago, all she does is sit at home most days watching TV or going over to her loser boyfriend's house to get high. She feels no need to support herself and expects my parents to carry her through life. She's been in therapy since she was 14, but can't keep one for more than a year because she gets dropped as a client due to her lying and inability to show up to appointments. My parents have spent over a decade trying to get some mental issue pinned down for Anne, and all they've gotten is that she's just a lazy narcissist. Last year, my mom decided enough was enough and planned to kick Anne to the curb and wash her hands of her. Dad disagreed, and in the end, the two's marriage got torn apart. I know because both of them have come to me basically admitting that if Anne was not a factor, divorce would not even be a consideration. I don't get along with Anne for a variety of reasons. She's always been a bully and owes me a large sum of money at the moment. The thing that boils my blood though is that she's oblivious to the situation between our parents or just doesn't care. She had a literal tantrum when the possibility of the house being sold came up. 
because she doesn't want to have to move into an apartment with my dad. Last night, I found myself at my parents' house and had the misfortune of talking to Anne. Anne mentioned that she's getting really sick of my mom's melodramatic crap and not just leaving the house to her and my dad. Something struck me at that moment, and I just asked Anne if she really doesn't care that she's such a selfish, garbage, waste-of-space human that she's driven her parents to get a divorce. I elaborated and told her the full truth, that she is in fact the only reason they're getting a divorce, because moms finally realize that there's no hope Anne will ever grow up. The resulting storm this caused was massive. Anne acted as if I sold her out to the Romans, and my parents argued between she deserves to know and we told you that in confidence. Because Anne can't keep her mouth shut either, the entire extended family has begun to hear about it too. I wanted to know before opinions start forming outside the inner circle if I'm the jerk here. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm not going to call you a jerk, honestly. It sounds like this has been a long time coming, and someone needed to give her a little tough love. It seems like your parents let this get so far that they're ready to divorce over this. Rather than just having the conversation with Anne that she needs to get herself together. I feel like you stepping in and saying it for them maybe could have a large impact on this. And as for the rest of the family thinking you're a jerk, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Who would be the jerk? The one whose obliviousness and refusal to grow up is causing your parents to get a divorce? Or the one who points it out? I had to tell my grandchildren's father that I don't owe his other children anything. I lost my youngest daughter, Joy, a decade ago. She left behind her husband and two children, who are now 15 and 16 years old. My daughter was very close to her dad and me, and when she was at her sickest, she begged us to stay in the kids' lives and make sure they always knew she loved them, and that we were her family just as much. She mentioned how worried she was that her husband would encourage them to forget her, and would try to replace her for them with a new woman. She asked that we leave anything we might have left her to her children. We assured her we would never let the relationship end, and that we would make sure they had a good life and would remember her always. Eight months after she died, her husband moved in his now wife into their home. 
She had a baby with someone else and was also expecting a baby with someone. At that point, he did attempt to make it a package deal where we could not see our grandchildren without treating his now stepchildren as our grandchildren, and that we were to treat all future children of his the same. Otherwise, we would need to be cut out to give our grandchildren the chance to form the new family bonds without interference from us. That they deserved the chance to have another mother and only see the new children as new siblings. Their lawyer told them we would have a case to get grandparents' visitation. We also sought advice on if we were denied access if we could obtain that. We were told, given our close relationship with the children, that it would be easy to get access through the courts. This led to us getting minimal access, but it was all that was needed, because our grandchildren were glad to see us and their aunts, uncles, and cousins. In the last few years, my former son-in-law has found himself estranged from his own family, and his wife's family are also no longer in the picture. And he has six children, not counting my grandchildren, all in his home with no family or support outside of him and his wife. Now that my grandchildren are teenagers, they seek to spend more time with us, and their lives have benefited from it. We admittedly spoil them more than some would like because of the circumstances, but they are wonderful children. Their father confronted me recently about his other children and how they have no extended family, and are suffering seeing their siblings being spoiled. He also said we had already come between our grandchildren and their siblings because they're not close and have never asked for their siblings to be part of the extended family they have. He told me I owe it to his children to step in and give them love and some of the same spoiling. I told him I don't owe his children anything and that I would never forgive him for what he attempted to do before. He told me I was cold-hearted and callous. Part of me wonders if he's right because the children are innocent and even though I've never considered them family, they're still young and have nothing to do with my former son-in-law's actions. Am I being the jerk? I understand how you could potentially view yourself as the jerk here, and how you do see the children as innocent, which they are. They have nothing to do with what your son-in-law did. However, knowing the way that he is, my question is, where would it stop? Are you going to be expected to pay for their college and university? Their first apartment? Contribute to their wedding? How far does this go? I feel like unfortunately the son-in-law is the one that would milk this for all it's worth. So again, I understand why you might feel guilty, but all you have to focus on is loving your grandchildren. As long as they're happy and looked after, then you've done your job. I told my boyfriend's dad that he was dead. My boyfriend left home on his 18th birthday after a big fight with his dad. He tried to reach out after that, but his dad completely ignored him and wanted nothing to do with him. My boyfriend was really depressed about it, but he eventually got over it. I remember one night we all got drunk. We're currently sharing an apartment with friends, and he told us that he was dead to his father, and that stuck with me. Yesterday, he just showed up. My boyfriend's dad, that is. Myself and one of our roommates were the only people home. I answered the door, but I didn't let him in. He said he wanted to talk to his son, and I said, Oh, your dead son? He must not have remembered or understood the reference because he went completely pale and asked how and when he died. He looked almost as upset as my boyfriend had been, so I decided to let him stew in it. I told him a fake story. He looked like he was going to throw up, and he asked if he could come in and have some water. I reluctantly let him because he seemed very ill. Once inside, my roommate saw us and asked what was going on. My boyfriend's dad asked if he knew his son and my roommate was super confused, and it quickly came out that my boyfriend wasn't actually dead. My boyfriend's dad was furious. 
He said, I was a sick person with a hateful heart. I told him he said his son was dead to him, so why would he even care? He said he made a mistake in a moment of anger, but I made a cold-blooded decision. My roommate also said that what I did was kind of messed up. I went to our room and called my boyfriend, who said to make sure his dad had left before he came home, which I did and he did, reluctantly. I didn't tell my boyfriend about the dead thing, just that he'd showed up and seemed to regret things. My boyfriend is shocked by his dad just showing up, and I don't want to pile more on. My roommate said I was a huge jerk because no one deserves that, but I'm not sure. He did look really sick, but part of me thinks he brought it all upon himself. I don't know. Shortly after my boyfriend got home, I told him about telling his dad he was dead. He wanted to know what his dad's reaction was, and kept asking if he had said anything other than asking for more information before he found out it was a lie. He only really asked questions like when, how, and was it sudden, and things like that. And my boyfriend was pretty disappointed by that. He's pretty depressed this morning. I don't know. Maybe I went too far. Was I being the jerk? Yeah, this one I am gonna have to say you're being a jerk for. Just because it was completely unnecessary. It was above and beyond, and not something that you should put someone through. I understand feeling the need to get back at someone who's hurt someone you love, but I just don't feel like this was the right way. There's a lot of things that could have gone differently with this story, and it does sound like the ultimate jerk is the boyfriend's dad. Even just showing up unannounced like that is really a jerk move. You're not really giving your son the choice of whether or not he wants to accept you in at that point. You're just forcing it on him. And I get that you're having some regrets about everything that's happened, but that doesn't change any of it. And it doesn't give you the right to make that decision for him. But unfortunately, that's not the question we're looking at. We're looking at what our original poster did. I feel like this was a move just made out of bitterness and has nothing constructive to offer towards what's going on. If you want to reject him at the door, reject him at the door. But you just chose to take it too far. And that does leave you as a jerk as well. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot, linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.